basically what Paul is telling us tonight, that if you complain or you argue or you whine, people are going to make fun of you. So don't do it. We've all done it, but it's not of the Lord. So don't waste your time. It's not, it's not going to produce anything good. Do not be a complainer. Do not be an arguer. I'm one of those. I'm doing my best not to be. But Paul says, don't complain and do not argue so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Welcome to the PC Youth Podcast. We are continuing our series in the book of Philippians, looking at Philippians 2. When we live out our faith, it may be easy to say the right things, sing the right worship songs, and act a certain way. But what happens if we lose the why behind our faith? Grab your Bible, something to write with as we get into this week's message. Are you guys excited to dive in tonight? Does anyone have a sugar high from the root beer float? Actually, I had a Dr. Pepper float, and I've never done, never done that before, and it was pretty legit, I will say. I will say. We're going to continue in our uh, study of the book of Philippians tonight, um, Paul's letter to the Philippian people in the Philippian church. Um, I'm excited for what God's Word is going to speak to us tonight. I hope you are too. It's a packed house. It's good to see you all. If you are new here at PCU, thank you for being here. I've seen a few new faces already this, this evening. Um, we just want you to feel welcome. I want you to have a good time. We go to In-N-Out after a youth group, so in like an hour and a half, maybe not even that long, we will be going to In-N-Out. And if this is your first time here, come find me, come find Kira, or come find one of the leaders and tell them it's your first time because we owe you a free In-N-Out burger on us. So come to In-N-Out with us. Thank you for being here. We are excited to be here together. Uh, When we live out our faith, we're just going to dive right in tonight. When we live out our faith as Christians, so I'm talking to all the Christians in the room tonight, when we live out our faith, some of us, we might be able to say the right things, act the right way, um, sing the right songs, have the right conversations. We might be able to put the act on well and maybe even do it well. But what happens when we lose the why behind our faith? The temptation in this society is to fit Christianity into our own desires rather than what God would desire for our lives. It's much easier to pursue the things that you would like rather than the things that God would like for you. What happens when our faith becomes more self-seeking than God-seeking? Why do we believe in the God that we do? Why do we trust Jesus for our salvation? Why do we strive to be the image bearers of Christ? How do we pursue righteousness with those around us? What is the why behind the Christian life that we live? Those are all big questions, but I believe that God's word is going to speak very boldly to that this evening. We cannot ever lose sight of the why. We can never lose sight of why we walk the Christian walk that we do. God has called all of us, you and me, uniquely to pursue his purpose. How are we going to do that together? And we're going to dive in to answer those questions. Last week, we read about how Paul calls us to carry the attitude of Christ. Do you guys remember that? Last week, he said, do not be self-seeking. He, did not, he said, do not be selfish or prideful. Care about others more than yourself. Live as if Jesus would. Live with the attitude that Jesus had. Paul had just described Jesus' character last week in the passage that we read. He described what he did here on earth and how he loves. As Jesus followers, we have a perfect example to follow. Jesus was the only human on planet earth to ever live perfect. He did so in human form, but was also God. What an image, what a model we have to follow. We are called to carry his attitude and the character of his character with all the interactions that we have. And now today, in this same letter, just a few verses later, 
we are going to see a call to the life of different living that Paul's going to give us, and I'm excited to do it together. Dear Jesus, thank you for this amazing evening. God, thank you for the sunshine. Thank you for the beautiful combination of ice cream and soda. It works out so well, no matter what flavor it is. And God, I just pray that you would speak to our hearts in a very real way tonight. God, I pray that your word would come alive in every single one of us, that it would speak truth and it would speak boldly and even challenge us, God. We pray that we would walk away here challenged, not comfortable in our faith, but actually uncomfortable to pursue the things of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. If you have your Bibles with you, open to Philippians chapter 2. We were in Philippians chapter 2 last week. We will be in it again this week. Like I said, we're going to start just a few verses after where we finished off last week. This is just after the description of Jesus that Paul gave us. We're going to start in verse 13. Are you there? Say, I'm there. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. Read with me. It says this. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Now, let's just stop right there. I'm going to read that verse one more time, and we're going to unpack it a little bit because Paul starts out very strong and very clear. He says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases, it, what pleases him. God is working in us. God is working in me. God is working in you. And can we just stop real quick and think about actually how unreal it is that the God who created everything, the heavens and the earth and everything in them, the God that created everything is actively working in my life and yours, inside of us. He's actively empowering you. Have you ever taken a moment to stop and to think about that? The God that created everyone else in this room, everyone else on earth, is actively working in you individually and empowering you to do the things of him. Isn't that pretty unreal? That, that in a world of about 7 billion people, God is so caring about your life and what you're destined for that he's actively working in you every single day. That blows my mind. And that's not all he does. He's working inside of you, giving the desires to do what pleases him. But when we have God on, on, on our side, when we have the God of the universe on our side, making us better, when we are weak in our human flesh, he actually makes us strong. We have the God of the universe on our side. He's not against us. He's for us. He's not changing. He's the same. And he's on your side, and he's on, he's on mine as well. What a promise that is. Can we just acknowledge that right off the bat? What a promise that is to have the God of the universe working in your life for good. Go to verse 14. It says, do everything without complaining and arguing. All right, honesty time. How many complainers and arguers do we have in the room tonight? My hand is up first. A lot of complainers and arguers. I see some leaders' hands up first. I think Leslie put Chris's hand up for him. There's a lot of complainers and arguers in the room. None of us are exempt from it. If you did not raise your hand, you are probably lying. But listen to the, listen to the rest of what Paul says. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Basically, what Paul is telling us tonight, that if you complain or you argue or you whine, people are going to make fun of you. So don't do it. We've all done it, but it's not of the Lord, so don't waste your time. It's not, it's not going to produce anything good. Do not be a complainer. Do not be an arguer. I'm one of those. I'm doing my best not to be. But Paul says, don't complain and do not argue so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. The God who is working in us does not want us to live like this world. This is what Paul's telling us tonight. And we're going to go quick, and we're going to have some small group time after. But the God who is working in us, Paul tells us that he doesn't want us to live like this world would. This world is dark. This world is crooked. This world is perverse. 
And Paul says, don't live like that. Live clean and innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crookedness and perverseness. When we, when we are innocent and clean tonight, when we as Christians are innocent and clean, we are like God. We are bright. God sent his son Jesus who is sinless, who is perfect. When we live innocent and clean, we are like Jesus. As Christians, it's our goal to be like Jesus, so we must live innocent and clean. When we do that, we are bright. Paul tells us, live like a bright light in the middle of the darkness. On the other hand, when we pursue sin and earthly things, we are no brighter than the crooked and perverse world that we live in. We are in the midst of darkness with them. So if, if God's word in this passage specifically, but, but all throughout God's word, if it says do not conform to the patterns of this world, but live like Jesus, if it says live like a bright light, we must not sin. We must, we must not pursue earthly things. Shine bright, be completely different than the culture that's crumbling around you. That's what Paul's telling us. So you might say tonight, well, Spencer, that sounds really good. I, I, I know the Bible is true. I know it speaks life, but, but overwhelmingly, everything around me is dark. Everything around me is crumbling. This world that I live in, this culture that I live in, it feels like it's destined for death and destruction. So yeah, I get it. Like God's word is instructing me to do this. You're now reminding me of it, but, but it's, it's too hard. Like this world is dark. This is what I would say to you. I'm gonna read verse 16, actually. Hold firmly to the word of life, then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain, that my work was not useless. So Paul reminded us earlier that God is working in us, for us, empowering us to do what it pleases him. And now he says, live innocent and clean, apart from the, from the world, live like a shining bright light. And then he says, hold firm to the word of life. When Paul talks about the word of life, he's referring to the Bible, God's word, what we're reading out of today. So you have the strength of God working inside of you, and you have his word. Thank God for the Bible. Thank God for his word, because without it, we wouldn't have anything to guide us. We would have the Holy Spirit, yes, but this is a recipe book for, for success, for, for life. He says the word of life. It doesn't mean it's a word of death. It's a word, it's a book that brings life to us. So thank God that he's in, inside of us through the Holy Spirit, empowering us, strengthening us. And then thank God for sending his word for us to follow. Thank God for the promise of the Bible. Paul tells us to dive into the book that brings life. Hold true to it. That's what I would say to you tonight. Hold true to it. Do not waver in it. Because culture would say, yeah, there's some good things in the Bible. There's, there's some good stories, some great things happened, miracles took place, but there's also some things that I don't really agree with, and I'm gonna leave those things there, and I'm not gonna touch them. Culture would say, yeah, I agree with that part of the Bible, I agree with that part of the Bible, but yeah, I can have sex outside of marriage. I can have a sexual identity crisis if I want to. I, I can lie, I can steal. I don't really actually agree with those things. That's what culture would say. What I would say to you tonight, and what God's word instructs clearly is hold firm to the word of God. It's not, it's not a recipe book, a cookbook that you can skim through and say, yeah, I like that piece, I like that piece, that tastes horrible, that, that piece is good. No, the, the, the Bible is a recipe book, the entire Bible is a recipe book for success. You don't get to pick and choose. I don't get to pick and choose what I agree with, what I don't agree with. Paul says, hold firmly to the word of life. So if you're saying, Spencer, it's really dark, it's, it's crumbling, it's, there's despair everywhere, 
I would say, thank God you have God fighting on your side. And thank God he gave us his word to, him, to continue empowering us, to continue giving us direction. Thank God for it. Don't waver in it. Hold true to it, just as Paul has said. As Christians, our why, so we talked earlier about what is the why behind the Christian life that we live. As Christians, our why is to be a bright light in the dark world. Just as Paul has clearly said to us tonight, as Christians, our why is to be a bright light in the dark world, in a very dark world, what seems to be getting darker every single day. You've heard, you've heard it clear. You've probably heard that analogy a lot, but it's because it's all throughout Scripture. It's all throughout the word of life, to be bright, to shine in the darkness. Oh, that was a, I think I got emotional a little bit when I was reading, so I choked. As Christians are wise to be a bright light in a dark world, don't lose sight of that. Don't lose sight of what God has called you to. Don't lose sight of the mission that we're on. Don't forget why you walk the Christian life that you do. As Christ followers, non-Christians know that we are representing Jesus. Did you know that? Even people that would claim to want nothing to do with faith, want, want nothing to do with Jesus or the things of him, they know that because you are a Christian, you represent Jesus, so they're going to be watching. They're going to be watching what you say, how you act, what you do, the things that you watch, the things that you listen to. They're going to be watching all of that, looking for, for something that they can point you out on, call you out on, and say, hey, I thought you believed in this in the Bible. You're not doing that. As Christians, we must be very aware that non-believers know we represent Jesus, so we must represent him well. As Christians, we have a duty, a call to represent Jesus the best way possible. We're not going to be perfect. Like I said, Jesus is the only one that was ever perfect. We're not going to be perfect in it, but there's a choice that we have to make to pursue him and to pursue who he is and to pursue to be like him. Be a bold represent, representation for Jesus in the way you talk, in the way you act, in the conversations you take part in, in the way you love. God loved us first when we didn't deserve it. So love like God did. I say this, I think, every week. The person that you don't think deserves any of your love, show them love, and you will completely blow their mind. Because they're the person that is looking to call you out on anything you do wrong, and they're going to get under your skin, and they're going to do things intentionally to annoy you. But the moment you love them, they're going to say, wow, I, I know they represent Jesus, but if that's how Jesus is, loving someone that didn't deserve it, I want to take part in that. And you'll have an avenue to share who Jesus is with them. Love just as Jesus did. Be a bold representation for Jesus in the way you live. Paul calls us to, di to live a different way of life to shine bright in the darkness for God. Collaborate and work together with other believers in the middle of a culture that pushes separation and isolation. How many times do you see people coming together pursuing one goal in culture today? Everything is about, I wanna do this by myself. Oh, this person's gonna make you feel isolated. We need to separate here. There's segregation and isolation as far as you can see. Be a generation, be a youth group which you already are, be a student, be a young person that wants to collaborate with other believers pursuing the things of Jesus and the mission of him because it's not common in culture today. And when a group of people see the collaboration of things of Jesus, they will want to take part. They will want to take part. Jesus didn't pursue his mission by himself. He brought people with him. Jesus didn't perform miracles by himself. He had a group of people following him and learning about him. Do it with other people. Do this Christian life with other people. Be a bright light, not by yourself, 
with other believers as well. And the truth of this, all of this is tonight, it might, it might sound good, it might sound, it might sound all well and good, but all of this requires us to let go of our sinful nature. Pursuing Jesus, being a light in the darkness, living like him, possessing his attitude, doing what Paul has asked us to, the Philippian church first and now us, doing all of this requires you and me to let go of the sinful nature that we were born with. It requires us to let go of it. God is working in you, giving you the power and the desire to please him. So we must stop trying to please ourselves. I don't know how, any, how, how much better I can say that, but all of us by nature are selfish. All of us by nature are self-seeking because we live in a sin-filled world. All of us by nature are sinful. We must at all costs through the power of the Holy Spirit and the Bible and God working in us refrain from trying to please ourselves. I'm, a, I'm up here not speaking out of perfectness because I'm not. I'm up here trying to remind all of us that the call of Jesus, the call of God on our lives is not one that is going to be, to, to be popular. It's not going to be popular. It's not going to be self-seeking. It's actually probably not even going to satisfy you at times because you're going to want to do something else and God's going to call you another way. But I promise you at the end of the day, pursuing Jesus, pursuing God's call in your life is going to be much more meaningful, successful, and life-giving to you than pursuing your own desire. I promise you that. I don't have anything to gain by telling you otherwise. I'm just trying to tell you what God's word has told me, what God has hit into me multiple times. Don't try to please yourself. If God is working in you, giving you the power to please him, let's just do it together. The Bible tells us time and time again that God knows us better than we know ourselves. You can look all throughout scripture and see different verses of, of God saying that, that he knows us. He, uh, David in the Psalm says, he, he, you knew me when you knit me, knit me together in my mother's womb. God knows all of us better than we could ever know ourselves. So I promise you that God actually knows the direction for our lives that he wants us to pursue better than we do. I'm an example, I'm sure there's many examples all throughout this room of, of all of us thinking that we had a great direction and actually might have sounded good and Christian and all these things and it sounded perfect and it was gonna be successful and we were gonna make a lot of money. But that direction may actually not be the, the direction that God wants you to go. That path that you think might be perfect, it may actually not be the path that God wants you to take. He knows us more than we know ourselves. So trust the path that God's calling you to, not your own. If God loves us enough to actively work in us, we should work for him in return. He is not going to fail us. He never will. And the best part about all of this, the thing that makes me the most excited to get up here every week and to read God's word with you, the, the, this is, excites me so much, is that God has gifted every single one of you uniquely. None of you are wired the same. All of you have different gifts, some the same, but your gift set is unique. God has created you with a purpose and a plan, and he created you to fulfill that plan, nobody else. This is what gets me so excited about being around young people because your generation, I say this a lot, but your generation, I believe, is a generation that is gonna make world impact for positive. You're gonna make a generational shift and I believe that culture is going to change because of the people in this room, the students in this room. And you are all gifted so uniquely to do it. That's so exciting to me that not one of you are the same. Why would we all want to be the same? You know how boring that would be? If all of us in this room did the exact same things at the exact same times, at the exact same skill levels, how boring would that be? 
All of us look different, we act different, we're wired different because God knew that he created you to fulfill a plan that you could only fulfill. How amazing is that? We all have the same mission to pursue, the mission of Jesus, but the way we get there is different. Not every one of us in this room is gonna be a firefighter, but the firefighter in this room, that is your chance to have eternal impact on the people around you. Not, any, not all of us in this room will end up being a teacher, but for the ones that are, that is where you will have great impact. The list could go on and on. Not all of us will be a track star. Not all of us will be a football player. Not all of us will be a mathematician. But the ones that are, the ones that are, will make eternal impact in those situations if they carry the body of Christ. I said track star for all of you laughing. Like running, track star, track star. The mission is the same. The route will look different for all of us. Don't lose sight of the why. If you know what you're called to, can keep pursuing that call. Don't lose sight of why you're pursuing that call. Don't lose sight on what God has called you to. Use your God-given gifts to honor him, to be a lighthouse for him. The call on your life and mine is special, and God knew only you could do what he called you to do. Let, let that sink in again. God knew only you could do what he called you to do. He didn't call the person to your right or to your left to the same thing that he called you to. He called you, Daniel, to pursue what he wanted you to pursue because he, only, he knew only you could do it. You, Josh, he, he called you to what he called you to because only you could do it. All of you, I could go down the list. Every person in this room, read all the names. He called you to what he called you to. He made you to fulfill a plan that he had already made before you were born because he knew only you could do it. Let's bring all of that to the table. What if we all together collaborated and came together as one body of Christ, one youth group, one youth ministry, and said, I'm called to do this. You're not called to do it. You're not called to do it. You're called to do that. I'm not called to do that. And if we recognize that God has gifted us all very, very uniquely, we would see the world changed. And if we work together, because not, some of us are strong where others are weak, and some of us are weak where others are strong. Thank God for that. Thank God that I have small arms and my brother has big arms. Like, I don't know. I, we're going to do different things when, as we continue to grow up. There's, there, there can't be a spirit of comparison, because comparison is from the enemy. And the enemy would love for you to come here on a Wednesday and say, man, look what that person's doing. I can, that person's called to do this. I, I, I'm not. And there would the enemy would love to creep in and to tempt you to think that others are better, that others' giftings are more important. They're not. God has gifted you and called you to do what only you can do. That is a high calling. That is a high calling. Because me, Spencer, I cannot do what God has called Jonah to do. So Jonah, you are responsible for what God has called you to do. That is a high calling. And we have to be responsible and feel the weight of that. We have to feel the weight of what God has called us to because God has, or Paul has said through God's word, do everything with the Lord without complaining and arguing. Be innocent and blameless for him, shining like a bright light. All of these things we must do in our own gifting and our own gift set. The call in your life is special, and God knew only you could do it. Do it with the attitude of Christ, striving to be the brightest light possible. We all have different gifts, different calls, but we have the same why and the same mission. Thank you tonight. I can't say thank you enough. Thank you for being a youth group that embodies this. Thank you for being a youth group that has responded to the charge, to the call that Paul has given us. You are here tonight, I believe, 
Christian and non-Christian in this room, I believe that you are here tonight because, let's just talk to the Christians first. Christians, you are here tonight because you, you are here tonight because you, want, you don't want to fit into culture. You want culture to know Jesus. For the Christian in the room tonight, you are here on a Wednesday night at 7 p.m. because you do not want to fit into culture. You want culture to know who Jesus is. For the student that's here tonight that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, that is okay, and I am glad you are here. But you are here tonight, if I'm making an assumption, and I don't like making assumptions, but if you are here tonight, it's because a friend invited you, but the only reason you said yes is because you're somewhat interested on what this whole God thing is about. Because you're living in a culture that is not fulfilling what you think it should fulfill. And you're interested in, okay, I wonder if God can give me what I'm, what I'm longing for. I wonder if God can fill that void in my life. I wonder if God can make me feel, feel not lonely anymore. I wonder if God can comfort me. So yeah, I'll, I'll say yes. I'll go to youth group because of the root beer flow and the Dr. Pepper flow and the, the basketball and the games. But actually, deep down, I'm interested in what Jesus has to offer me. Thank you for saying yes, and thank you for being here. And what I would say to you is all of those questions that you might have, Jesus is the answer to them. And tonight, you're going to have an opportunity to make that decision to follow Jesus for the rest of your days because the friend that invited you has more than likely made that decision before, and you've seen Christ evident in their life, and it's positive, and they have life. They're not, they're not gloomy. They're not, they're not feeling depressed. Christ is evident in their lives, and you want part of that. And you're going to have the opportunity to, to have a relationship with him this evening. Use your giftings. Use your strengths. Use them for the glory of God together. Remember why you have said yes to the mission of Jesus, and it is what is required of you to pursue it. Remember why you said yes to the mission of Jesus, and remember what is required of you to pursue that mission together. Will you stand me tonight? I'm going to give an opportunity for for a relationship with Jesus tonight, and then we're going to do what we've been doing the past few weeks. We are going to break into small groups, and we're going to have a real-life discussion. I, I've heard a lot of times um, over my past year or so, whatever, doing youth ministry, and I've heard a lot, of, a lot of stories from other pastors across the country that have said they've shifted to doing small groups and having real-life conversation. And I think I think there's a lot of intentionality that has to go into this. It's not just sit in a circle and play games and mess around. They've, they've cultivated an atmosphere where students can come to a place and have actual conversation. And they've asked students, why are you coming to youth group now more often? Why are you, why are you inviting your friends? And oftentimes the answer has been, Pastor, we, we want to come to youth group because you're giving us a place to, to ask questions that we're not getting answers to anywhere else. Only the Bible has the answer that we're looking for, and now we get to talk about it together. That's what we want. This is, that is the goal of tonight. That is the goal of what we've been doing, to be able to put you in an environment where you can ask real-life questions that are hard, that are not popular to ask, but that you can find the answers to in the Bible, and we're going to do it together. Does that sound good? Does that sound good? Okay, with everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed, I just believe strongly in my spirit tonight that there is somebody here as I was describing maybe why you came, it resonated with you. Maybe you've, you've sought answers in culture, you've sought answers in all the wrong things, and you've gotten no, 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 no. And maybe your friend invited you. I don't know how you got here, but maybe you're here, and you've been curious about this God thing deep down. And you don't know what it's about yet. You don't know any of the Bible, but you've seen Christ evident in other people's lives, and you want to take part in it. I'm going to give you the opportunity to make a decision that will forever change your life. 
Because the moment you say yes to Jesus is the moment you start to experience breakthrough. It's the moment you start to experience joy. Not that you haven't experienced joy before, but joy that comes from the Lord is different than joy that you find in culture. The moment you say yes to Jesus is the moment you will experience happiness and comfort. So with every eye bowed, I said eye bowed and head closed. I always do that. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here tonight and you want to make that decision for Jesus, you don't know what it looks like yet, I want to pray with you. And so I know who I'm praying for. Will you just lift your hand? It doesn't have to be for a long time. But I want to pray with you a prayer where you accept Jesus into your heart. Just slip it up quick. Thank you. I see your hand. We're all going to repeat this together because this is a very real moment for somebody. And we're here as a family pursuing Jesus together. We're all going to say this. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Even when I didn't deserve it, you came and you died on a cross for me. I believe you are the Son of God. And now in this moment, I devote my life to following you for the rest of my days. I've searched for answers in culture, but now I believe I've found the ultimate answer in you. Thank you for giving me life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for making that decision. I saw one hand. There might have been more. Thank you for making that decision. It's one that a lot of us in here, probably all of us, if there was only one hand, it's a decision that all of us have made one time in our life. And for those, for those, of, us that, for those of us that have made that decision, you would agree with me when I say it's the best decision you can ever make. Thank you. Can we give it up for the one person, the two people that met Jesus tonight? To stay caught up with everything happening with PC Youth, check us out on Instagram at peopleschurchyouth or go to peopleschurch.com.